0: Monday everybody and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana, you can follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban, you can follow me at TheDanUrban.
1: You can also follow the podcast at Couchside Judges and you can subscribe to the show wherever you listen. And if you like what you're hearing please give us a five-star review. And as always we talk about MMA judging so you should learn the criteria which you can read at abcboxing.com. Well, Dan, I'm exhausted. Saturday night was a steaming pile of garbage.
0: It was a very tiresome fight viewing experience. A um, lot of decisions, a lot of fights that, despite how close they were, and we and it was a historic night according to MMA decisions. We had four consecutive split decisions, which we'll get to uh, in a little bit. But as as close as those fights were, none of them were particularly like riveting. You know. <laughs> Really was not interesting
1: outside of the finishes and the main event. I I'm glad we're out on the other side of this one. <laughs> th- this was this was the worst UFC card I can remember in a long time.
0: So, I mean, it's I mean it stands out now for recency bias. I feel like there was kind of a similar one we had like within the last six months or something like that. Yeah. I can't remember though. I mean, Bella- these these ones I try to forget them as best I can. Bellator won the weekend. Let's put it that. Well, they did, but we also didn't watch the entire prelims start to finish, right? Cuz well, they had a lot of decisions too. What I watched fight-wise was better. Okay. Now, I mean, if you look at Bellator, they had four straight decisions too, then then they had two more after uh after our 55 second fight. So, yeah, and then and then they had two fights that uh went the distance on the main card, one of which was a five-rounder. We'll talk a little bit about Bellator's main card as well too. We'll we'll get to that. Um But yeah, as far as as far as UFC, it just this was a slog. It just was. And and I think it really hurt to lose uh, the Jeremy Stevens and Dracar Close fight that we were supposed to get because Jeremy Stevens was a jerk and pushed him yesterday. And that apparently gave him what a a concussion or something. It it seems like it gave him a really awful injury.
1: I'm thinking he may have if he went and fought, I think it would have been 10 times worse.
0: Oh, no, 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 because I'm
1: not arguing that he
0: should have fought. Oh, no, no, no. no. What I'm saying is if, oh, oh, what are you trying to say? If
1: he didn't get pushed, if just a little shove triggered this, imagine if he fought, like, could have been 10 times worse.
0: I mean, it's possible, but also that he would have had 24 hours more to rehydrate. And I'll bet you there's a lot of guys who who this could have happened to, you know?
1: They're saying on his CAT scan, hydration wasn't an issue.
0: Interesting. So. Mm. No, I missed that. I, I hadn't been able to follow the entire details of it throughout the night. Uh, but, I mean, I, I wish him well. I, I wish Tricar close well. Um, nonetheless, why are we pushing people like that? Why do we got to do this stuff? Just just fight the next day. It doesn't. I'm not more excited to watch Jeremy Stevens fight than I already was because he pushed his opponent the day before. It doesn't matter. I just want to watch him fight.
1: And you didn't tonight.
0: I know. And it would I, I I would think it would have injected a little bit more energy into it right before the main event uh, rather than watching uh, three <laughs> rounds of heavyweight MMA, which is never good. That was wrong. rarely good. Sometimes it's really good. Rarely. Yeah. Pretty. But anyway, bad. I don't want to keep bagging on it. I, I think we've exhausted that. Everybody watched it, so they all know what we saw. Let's talk a little bit about the the highlight though of Saturday night, which was an incredible performance by Robert Whittaker, uh, getting a five round fifty forty five times three over Kelvin Gastelum. He looked terrific. Yeah, he was great. Solid win. Obviously, he's got to be the the next guy in line. He has to. I think he solved the puzzle. Everybody was wondering what's next for Adesanya. And and realistically, Whitaker had the strongest case already. He'd won, you know, two in a row going into this one over top guys in Jared Cannonier and Darren Till. So realistically, he was already right there. Uh, but this one locked it up, I think it, it, he he really did. I don't think we've seen a five round performance from Whitaker like this or like a like a long, a complete performance, performance. from him. a complete performance. Thank you. Yeah. That's, a, that's a good way to describe it. Yeah. yeah. He, he gets these knockouts. He gets finishes and things like that. But but this one, he just oh, man, he looked awesome.
1: Yeah, he was he was never really in, in any danger.
0: His face showed, you know, some some yeah. of the wear from it. But like, realistically, you're right. He just wasn't in trouble. And there was not even a question of who won any of those five rounds. No. If it went the other way, I would have been like, come on, really? Yeah, pretty. Yeah. just so Judges. Judges nailed this one. Uh, and that was uh, who do we have on that one, Dan? We had Sal D'Amato, We had Eric Cleary and Mike Bell. Uh, yeah. the, that team, the dream team there. They got it done. Yeah, definitely. They nailed that one. So what, what do you think about what they do with, you know, I'm going to give you six names at middleweight, actually, because obviously I think you and I both agree. Mm-hmm. Whitaker and Adesanya is yeah. the one that makes sense. Yeah, Run it back. For sure. Let's let's see that rematch. He's totally earned it, uh, especially over anybody else. But here's four other names that we, what do we do with here? Marvin Vittori, who was in-house and had to watch as his potential title shot completely slipped away. Uh, I don't Derek think he Brunson. ever had it. What's that? I don't think he ever was that guy to be
1: in line probably
0: not but in his head he must have been oh
1: yeah probably
0: that's all i'm talking about okay um Derek brunson who of course won recently uh both of these guys had just beaten kevin uh (laughs) holland yeah paulo costa borcinha who had to pull out of the fight against whitaker he would have been fighting tonight uh and darren till who had to pull out of the fight against vittori just a couple weeks ago so what do we do with these guys
1: i i think you match up vittori and costa and then you do Brunson Till Vittori Costa for the number one contender.
0: I like it too. I, I that's the way I would go. But and and honestly, I don't even need it to be the win. Whichever one of them is the number one contender, I think just whichever one puts in the more interesting, you know, put is is the more interesting contender to come out of each of those fights. That would be fine with me. You don't have to call one of those fights okay. the number one contender fight. You know what I mean? All right, so the best to
1: come out of those, uh, those. Yeah, those yeah, yes. almost right. like
0: a mini tournament, but like that's fine because I mean, Costa did,
1: really... yeah, If he does beat Vittori, he got smashed by Adesanya. I don't think anybody's too
0: excited to see a rematch of that yet. Oh God, no! Yeah, I mean that would that would be a case where you just say no, I, pass. But uh, it, it would almost be interesting though. I thought I don't think you can go wrong with any of these combinations. To be honest, uh, any anything you can do with these four guys, because the one way you could look at it is you got like the Kevin Holland bracket. Yeah. For uh, Vitorian Brunson to see which one of the guys who most recently beat Kevin Holland is the best. And then you've got the pulled out of fights in the last six weeks or so uh, bracket to see which one is better between Costa and Till.
1: Yeah, you can go that route too.
0: Yeah. It, the, the stories write themselves, my friend.
1: Yeah. Who's <laughs> the pullout master and the Holland destroyer. Which guy is better?
0: <laughs> I mean, I kid. But honestly, any of these guys, uh, you don't want to see... Costa so quickly but really any one of these guys would be interesting otherwise
1: yeah i just hope that whitaker if he gets offered the fight he just takes it this time right he wasn't he offered it and he declined it because he um, had something uh, i believe going
0: on. that is possible i don't remember exactly so um i, I thought but he I mean, was off. yeah but, i think the guy wants it now i mean this is this is what you know when i spoke to him the other day you know his, his eyes he's focused he wants he wants this yeah let's do it sooner rather than later like july 10th oh well hopefully we'll see what adesanya wants to do
1: well he wants to fight because he's a fighter so put him on that card yeah
0: never know uh but anyway yeah i think that that covers it for that fight uh i do want to talk about before we get into our contested rounds bellator had the uh the next two legs of their light heavyweight grand prix which was kind of interesting right yep this was both good fights i was solid fights yeah Yeah. so I, i thought Vadim. Or at the very least, saw the performances.
1: Vadim was great. Uh, Phil Davis. Vadim Nemkov. yeah. I'm... Uh, mind-boggling strategy. Uh, Don't know why he didn't want to wrestle at all. He did give me a glimmer of excitement when he locked up to Anaconda, and then it was just too late in the, the fight.
0: He was so slippery, he just slipped right off. You know, I was actually surprised that he won both of the last two rounds. I thought he only won... Round four, Davis, but round five, I mean, I didn't go back and watch it, but uh, it was close enough then. And all three judges agreed that, I mean, what am I going to do? Sit here and say, no, they got it wrong. They know better. Imagine round three, he decided to
1: wrestle.
0: (laughs) What a total, (laughs) total difference
1: it could be. I know it could have made a
0: difference. Uh, (laughs) You know, he's, he's obviously he's a complete martial artist at this point. And I've always thought that he had some really excellent kicks. I thought that that was a part of his game that developed really well early on he just never really turned into the most well-rounded mixed martial artist in the sense where he had like like a second trump card next to his wrestling you know
1: yeah i just wish more guys would stick to their bread and butter
0: yeah just, no, i just hear don't it. like but, to do yeah it. he's he's been in the game a while now you know i remember when he was like a prospect coming up and that was 10 years ago yeah, yeah a lot he's of time been has been since uh what was it the he had the uh that submission that uh the one
1: armor commercial. Joe
0: Rogan call- yeah, that's right. Joe Rogan called it the or one of them called it the Mr. Wonderful.
1: Yeah, yeah, they, they named it after him.
0: Mm mm-hmm.
1: Basically a hammer lock like in WWF.
0: Yeah, pretty much. But he got tapped with it.
1: It was impressive.
0: And was that on was that on uh, Alexander Gustafson? I honestly don't know. That might have been. I mean we're getting sidetracked here, but
1: I was thinking Tim Boach for some reason.
0: You're right. It was Tim Boach. Uh, Good call. Look at me. No, he got Gustavson with an Anaconda. Okay. So he did sub Gus anyway. He had some like early in his career. He he was he was this wrestler who had some really excellent kicks. And you saw him work a good submission game, which I always think wrestlers should really develop because it's like you get it down there. You might as well try to be able to to finish it with subs and things. Yeah, Um, you should win. It's a part of his game. I just haven't seen much of anymore. He had one submission in the last nine years. And he
1: tried for one on Friday.
0: He didn't get it. I just couldn't get it. And actually, he does have two anaconda jokes. It's, that's kind of a specialty of his. Yeah, it was just, they were way too slippery. Of course. I mean, that's so. these things happen in the fight. <laughs> these things happen in MMA, Oh, man. boy, Gus. <laughs> hey, we were watching on, on Showtime. It reminds me of it. Wasn't it? This is the anniversary? No, no. It was the anniversary recently of, well, maybe it was that too. But the, this week, it was the anniversary of the, I think you're right, actually. Yeah, yeah. No, it definitely was. All right. It's the anniversary of that. Hey, buddy, where's my remake?
1: <laughs> what a time.
0: But then also in the other fight, because uh, obviously Nemcom, he looked he look good. He got the win. He's moving on. Uh, and he'll face the winner of in two weeks when we finally see the really excellent part of this. I think this, this is obviously the marquee matchup here. Uh, Yoel Romero against uh, Rumble Johnson. He'll get the winner of that. That'll be interesting.
1: Yeah, that will be. That's the fight everyone's looking forward, at least as far as the first round goes.
0: Yeah, yeah, so, for sure. Um, but then on the other side of the bracket, who is going on to now face uh, Ryan Bader, who won last week, Corey Anderson looked terrific, dude. Corey Anderson looked awesome. And he was beasting 25-8 in there. He, I got a little nervous
1: when he ate that spin kick because he got a little, you know, deer-legged, newborn
0: deer-legged, but he weathered, came back second round smash, third round smash. He just looked awesome. Uh, this That was the that was probably one of the best performances, even even you know the kick notwithstanding. I, I think that actually showed he was able to get through something like that and weather it and and really come on strong. So I was very impressed. That was uh, with what I saw from him. This is the t- it's when he has performances like this that you're like, man, this guy could really be something. But then you know sometimes it just doesn't come out.
1: Yeah, I mean he smashed him similar to the way he smashed Jan. Except I think Jan made it through the whole fight.
0: Jan yeah, Lehouvitch. Yes. Yes.
1: Jan Blahovich.
0: <laughs>
1: and Shmirdov, Uh Looks like cardio is his issue in wrestling.
0: Yeah. Looks like he's those, a solid striker. kind of get you in MMA. So, you kind of
1: need yeah. to do those things. Solid striker. You know what? It's probably not even wrestling because the first round, he was pretty solid keeping it standing. It's the gas tank probably because once yeah, he got tired, that's when you know the takedown started coming
0: easier. And I'm going to boldly try to attempt his name, which I found a pronunciation for. Dovolet Jan Yakshi Muradov. Works for me. I think that's about as close as I'm going to get right now. So I'm <laughs> yeah, after fumbling with it for a few weeks, I think I finally got it down. Yeah, you got that. Dovalechan Yakshi Muradov. Nailed it. Boom.
1: Why don't we get but it? But I
0: wanted to say that name for a little while because he's out of the bracket. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully. <laughs> Sorry, Yo. <Yoke. laughs> Yes. All right. Let's uh, you know, that's enough of the uh, the side conversations you know, we've delayed it enough. Let's get into these contested rounds. We've got five contested rounds because of four split decisions here. So let's kind of run through it, starting with Tracy Cortez defeating Justine Kish by split decision, of course. Mm -hmm. 30, 27, 29, 28 for her and then 29, 28 the other way. So obviously we have three different scorecards. Yes. Let's get to it. Round two. That's where we start to see some some divergence after everybody saw Tracy Cordes get the first round, rightfully so. So how did you see round two of this one, Dan?
1: Round two, I scored it for Kish. I thought it was a close round, and I thought Kish edged, edged it with uh, her striking to the legs and the
0: body. The kicks, the body kicks were
1: uh, were pretty solid.
0: Okay, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not really going to fight you on it. I thought this was easily the closest round of the fight. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the fact that it kind of went the other way didn't exactly uh, shock me here. But, uh, you know, I just thought kind of she edged it based on kind of that first round, uh, you know, first half of the round, I should say, uh, with her grappling. Yeah, Uh, you know, it was a weird, I I was like, she's got to fix that body
1: triangle because it's bothering me. (laughs) It was like just like one of those things like, come on, get it nice so your ankle isn't twisted like that.
0: Yeah. Was, I wasn't paying attention to that yeah, as much, was, I guess.
1: It, it was it was upsetting me. And then she, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm
0: sorry. <laughs>
1: and then she uh <laughs> she did actually try to fix it and that's when it got reversed, but
0: see? So. You should have left her alone. Instead, <laughs> You sent your negative vibes to her. I guess and I sent she all my negative vibes.
1: I sent negative vibes throughout this entire card. Well, thanks for having They didn't do anything for I everybody. Mean, besides Gerald Meershar and Tony Gravely. That's how you say his name, it's Gravely. I don't care how they say it. <laughs> Besides those two guys and Robert Whittaker, we already
0: covered it, but it was a stinker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we don't have to beat that dead horse, okay? It beat already it. beat us to death. It... <laughs> I want my licks. Yeah, I think this was a close round here. You know, uh, you, you know, we obviously diverge. Uh, Derek Cleary and Sal D'Amato saw it your way. Rick Winter saw it the same way I did. Uh, so I am definitely in uh, the dentist's corner on that one. All right. You need a cleaning. But round three, though. This is the one that I think turned a few heads, right? When this one ended up being a, a split, I didn't expect this one to be a, a split here. Did you?
1: No, I thought this was a, a pretty solid round for Cortez. Okay, when you were watching it live, like,
0: what did just break down why you thought it was Cortez? So then.
1: early in the round, it's Kish seems to be landing a little bit better, but mm-hmm. then once it gets to the ground, Cortez is just bombing on her. Landed good shots when it was on the feet, but towards the end, Kish has a decent surge where she kind of knocks her down, lands some good shots to end the round. Definitely had the momentum at the end of the fight, but I, I didn't think it was enough. Because so I really thought those
0: ground and pound shots were like huge. You know, when I watched the first time too, because I this is the only round that I went back and rewatched because this one was the one that I found to be the most surprising. So I said, okay, I really should go watch this again before we get on. And so I watched it and yeah, obviously Kish looks good early you know, kind of in that first minute, you almost get no actual effective offense coming back from Cortez here. Um, there wasn't a ton from Kish, but she's, she's the one score. Um, and so after that, of course we get, we get the, the ground exchange there with the, the big ground strikes you're talking about Flight gets back up and, you know, it's competitive for a little bit, but then yeah, Kish like for the last, I don't know, a little more than a minute. She's the one who's very clearly in charge here. So I saw this one for Cortez the first time, and I thought it was pretty clear. After the second time, I at least see a reasonable case for Kish here. Okay. I still feel very good about my score being for Cortez. So, you know, in this case, I sided with Derek Cleary and Rick Winter. Uh, I, I had the same card as Rick Winter. I gave all three rounds to Cortez. But I, while I was a little confused with uh, the Motto's card on this one uh, the first time, I get it a lot more now. He was on mm-hmm. an island. You know, none of us kind of scored it that way. Um, and he was the only judge who scored it that way. But I, I don't think it's such a bad score. I think it's fine. Yeah, funny.
1: I thought, um I didn't I didn't go rewatch it. I thought it was either going to be 30-27 Cortez or 29-28 Cortez. Uh, unanimous. Yeah. So, like you, I was a little thrown when it came back as a split. But, I mean, Sal's like the best. So, if he sees it for Kish and he has a solid reasoning for it, I'm not going to fight him on
0: it. No. Hey, look, you know, if if I see something in one way, like I'm willing to call it out. But, you know, I think if I see something and I'm surprised, I think the that especially on our show, you know, I definitely want to. If, let's say let's say I was going to go in and be like, Sal, what are you doing? You're crazy. You know, <laughs> I'd be like, no, hold on. I, I need to at least watch this again. Really understand, put myself in the shoes of what a judge might be seeing uh, to see it that way. Uh, and and it made sense. Sometimes it doesn't, but but in this case, it made sense to me. So, so you, I I don't have a problem with it. So you mean to tell
1: me you're not one of the people that just fly off the handle without putting any further research into
0: a subject? Hey, forget you, buddy. <laughs> no, I try try to be medical Like
1: most of the world,
0: <laughs> I try to be. It's, you know, we're all emotional people, and you know. Yeah, I'm I got, sure. I got fire at times too, but I try to be measured when I can, yeah, and especially, I... you know, in my responsibilities as a member of the press and as someone who, uh, you know, is a co-host of a podcast where we talk about judging as, you know, we I think in the last year plus you and I have both learned uh a lot of, you know, responsibility and thoughtfulness when it comes to speaking on the subject. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean,
1: but like mm-hmm. I said, I I trust your your second, you know, viewing seeing it close. Yeah. Yeah, and then you you gotta trust the professionals, uh, for the most part, so
0: most definitely. But but again, we're in the majority here, you know. You and I both saw it for for Cortez. She got the win, and I think rightfully so. I it wouldn't have been a bad thing if Kish got the win, but I just I just thought that, especially on the whole, which judges don't score, they score by rounds, but on the whole, Cortez won this yeah, fight. I agree. And and I think the the fact that the scoring allowed for her to also get the win, it's a good thing. I also want to point out, though, that in this fight, it it became painfully clear to me that Dominic Cruz is of the belief that <laughs> mixed martial arts judges apparently just use, like, straight boxing scoring, except for the fact that takedowns are worth, like, 10 billion punches, especially when they're at the end of a round. And he uses terms like ring generalship that are in the boxing. Ring, I mean, he's always done that, yeah. That's in boxing criteria. That
1: I don't believe that term is anywhere in the unified rules. Of MMA. It is
0: not so, uh, but 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 hilariously, I mean, he's he's talking about like, how did the referee score that? Was, was that a, was that a drop? Did he drop him? Was that a knockdown? Oh, yeah. Bisping's like, yeah, no, that that's not how it works.
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if it was in boxing, Michael Bisping,
0: the voice of reason for judging,
1: he's come so far.
0: He really in such has, a short right? time. Credit, credit to Michael Bisping. Sometimes he's still wrong, but like <laughs> you can tell he's made an effort. He really has. Uh, it's appreciated. Well done. Count. What's the, uh, what's the next fight we got? The next fight? Yeah, I think we're just going to work down uh, in reverse order of, of chronology here. So okay. we'll go to uh, the opener for the main card, which was Luis Pena. He got, uh, and, and all of these are good, The rest of the way, everyone's got 29 28. So it's just which way they are. Um, Luis Pena got the win over Alexander Munoz. Uh, round two was the split here. We had uh, Sal D'Amato and Rick Winter were in the majority giving round two to Pena. And uh, Munoz got round two from Mike Bell. What did you see, Dan?
1: I thought this was a really close round. I ended up scoring it from Munoz based on the impact of the strikes. I thought. Yeah, I
0: thought so too. I I thought the impact was there. Um, Really good leg kicks. You you definitely see good reactions though from, you know, from the way Pena is He's. I just thought his were a lot more isolated. I thought Pena was finally almost
1: into his rhythm. Like he's if this was a five rounder, I think he far and away runs away with it. Yeah. You definitely get the sense he was gearing up. So he, this was definitely a good round for him. I I just didn't think he had the pop on his punches that uh, Munoz had on his.
0: I think so too. Um, Yeah. I I don't have a big problem with it going one way or the other, but I, I do feel good about this one being a Munoz, round. I just thought when he landed, Mm -hmm. he landed with much more impact, immediate impact, uh, which is obviously supposed to be something that gets weighed more heavily. Um, that is something that is, you know, possibly a, a a lot easier to evaluate when you're sitting, you know, just a few feet away from them as opposed to watching through your television from uh, your, your cozy green chair you're sitting yeah. in. I mean, there's also the one
1: there's one strike Pena it lands and you could, I couldn't tell if Munoz was rocked
0: or was just kind of off balance in the middle. Of yeah, the Munoz, that, I that, mean, that, that's the that. kind of thing that maybe so, maybe when they're sitting there. They can get a glimpse at his eyes or something yeah. like that and really see, you know, there, there's a lot of feedback. That we miss sitting at home, um, and I think a lot of people are not cognizant of it. We like to remind when we can. Um, is that what happened? I don't know. We're just we're just musing here, um, but yeah, I don't I don't have a problem with it going this way. And um, unfortunately, it cost the guy who I thought won the fight the win. But again, it, it is what it is. And, it, was, it was too close a fight. And I don't know if
1: you saw this, but Violent Bob Ross posted a, a post fight picture saying the statisticians got to start getting things right because he's saying. None of Munoz's strikes landed on his face. They all hit his glove. So, I, well, I, I didn't see that. Hard to say. I didn't see that. But like you said, the guys sitting cage side, maybe they saw more strikes not landing as uh, as flush as they this could is have been. true. So,
0: it's a good point. It's a good point. You know, these guys are pros, and these guys and gals are pros for a reason. But uh, but you and I both did side with Munoz. So, <laughs> for what it's worth, we went with Mike Bell, and we give him couch side override. <laughs> One for you, Mike Bell. All right, moving on. Next fight. This is a heavyweight fight that we had a technical decision. This is our first technical decision that we get to talk about. Yes, we did. What a momentous night. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> and it always it will always remind me of UFC 159 when Jon Jones, with his broken, messed up toe, finished Chael Sonnen in the first round and avoid potentially losing because of it. And earlier on the card, we had two technical decisions in one night.
1: What was all
0: right over here in Jersey? I was there.
1: I'm trying to remember
0: what the technical decisions were. Uh, One of them was Bisping. Really? Which was hilarious because he sits there like he has no idea how the thing works. (laughs) Like uh, you were, you were part of one of these actually (laughs) guy. Which is, I mean, let's face it. Is it a surprise at all? No. Uh, Yeah, it was, it was Bisping. He got the win against Alan Belcher. Okay. Uh, I believe that was when Belcher got poked in the eye, and, and that kind of like altered his career. I don't even know if he fought again. Actually, he didn't fight again. That was his last fight. Wow. He never fought again, and Belcher was a solid middleweight. He was. I remember he he, he smashed Paul Harris. He did. That was his last victory, actually. Also in Jersey. Yep. I was there. I was
1: there for a lot of New Jersey one ones. I didn't get to sit and eat brownies on press row, but
0: <laughs> I, I was ate the there. brownies in the back. I didn't eat them on press row.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Still
0: got brownies. I did. Brownies are yummy. <laughs> Big brownie guy. And who was the other one? Oh, the other one. Yes, yeah, sorry. That was um that was Ovin St. Prue. He got the nod over uh John Vellante. And that was around because that only went 30 seconds, all three judges just gave it a uh a ten ten. Okay. Yeah, which is you know, obviously you don't usually get that. Although according to Wikipedia anyway, one judge awarded a thirty to twenty nine. Now it's Wikipedia, and I'm just not going to take the time and go over to MMA decisions right now, and I'm going to assume that that's somehow a typo because there's no way there were two 10-10 rounds in that fight. Yeah. I can't imagine it. I just I won't live in that world.
1: Yeah, I don't think that's happening. But John Volante is always in weird fights. So
0: he, he is, and he's always in these these close decisions and stuff too. Um, but, but the Bisping-Belcher fight, by the way, 31 seconds left. So uh-huh. all they had to do was get 31 seconds further and Alan Belcher's eye is fine, really crummy. Yeah. Both eye pokes, actually, both uh, eye pokes ended both of those fights. Wow! All right. But obviously, you know, Volante was able to keep fighting. He 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 was the one who absorbed the poke here. And uh, incidentally, Bisping keeps on fighting and wins the championship several years later, and he doesn't have one of his eyes. He, yeah, he's only got one eye. Poke. Yeah, he's only got one eye. That's incredible. God. We need to fix it. I'm sorry. Something needs to be done to fix eye pokes. I don't, we're not going to debate the gloves tonight. We're not going to do all that, but like, something needs to be done. We just have to figure this out. Just, Cut their like, fingers off. Why are guys getting career and life-altering injuries for fouls? I mean, come on. And they're, not, they're completely inadvertent fouls. It's so stupid. Fix it. Someone smarter than me needs to fix it. Anyway.
1: Let's actually get into this on. fight. Was that? Why don't we get into this fight?
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah we got sidetracked yeah. enough. Let's get back here. So... <laughs> Alexander Romanov was the winner of this uh, technical split decision over Juan Espino. There was enough time that passed in this fight that they were able to score uh, a winner for this round that was stopped, round three. They went a minute five in. Espino, he basically got it down, right, and was able to win it there.
1: Yeah, round three, it didn't go very long, and Espino threw him on the ground pretty
0: much, held him against the cage, and then landed that knee. And that's all she wrote. But that no no drama in that round. It was actually round one that was our split. Uh, so Dave Hagen and Tony Weeks they had this one for Romanov. Chris Lee saw it for Espina, uh, and I did too.
1: Yeah, I did as well. Uh, although Romanov had a solid first half of the round, where I can understand an argument for him. But, yeah, but Espina he got that big throw straight into side control, and he, he attacked from there pretty de- decently. So.
0: I thought he had heavy enough offense there that it should have outweighed what was done. That's just my opinion. It's it's not egregious, um, but I do feel pretty good about Espina. I I keep seeing keep Espina. It's Espino.
1: Yeah, I, I think
0: you're saying it right. I'm not. It happens. Yeah. So sometimes I'm right. <laughs> sometimes you're right. Sometimes
1: there was. Uh... I want to point out there was some people that were because Bisping brought up the point the thing of well don't you just t- have to take a point now since this is a foul that's causing the end of a fight
0: mm-hmm. and I was
1: I I was like oh well, that's a, that's an interesting take but it put it out in the world where people are like you know what the ref didn't take the point so the judges did and they gave Romanov the the third round when after the decision was announced and I said whoa whoa, whoa. let's not but jump that's to not any even co- what happened let's jump to, let's not jump to conclusions let's make let's see if the two judges that scored it for Romanov gave him the first two rounds, and that's what happened.
0: That's exactly and what happened. Yeah, people just
1: fly off the handle, like we said, but
0: too quick. Animals, animals, and their Crazy. emotions.
1: We <laughs> need more in,
0: robots. People. We need more robots. But anyway, yeah. So, so you and I both obviously we sided with Chris Lee here, uh, who was in the uh, the minority. He was the dissenting judge here, and yeah, again, I, I I'm not I'm not mad about it, but I do think Espino really did enough and and to me i think he's the winner uh here but of course you know he did deliver that knee so it's hard to feel that bad listen after the first five minutes i was done with this fight so (laughs) well (laughs) you know you know my opinion any any heavyweight fight that goes past five minutes everyone everyone should be docked yeah Docked. no bonuses (laughs) i give you a bonus if you finish in five minutes you're
1: no longer eligible to be uh, to be honest, I'm going to go on it again. I mean, I don't think anybody from this car was eligible for a bonus who didn't finish or was in the main event. So. I think that's pretty much how
0: it played out. I'm pretty sure the the fight of the night was Whitaker Gastelum and the, the two performances of the nights were from Mershart and Gravely. Nice. Gravely. Great. But anyway, so yeah, we, we have, uh, because we sided with the minority judge in this one. What do we got again? Couchside override. There's one for Chris Lee. Last fight, we finally got to the last of our contested split decisions here. Jessica Penne finally back from USADA hell. Really, USADA hell for sure. Oh God, I, how do you not feel for this woman? She she went through the ringer just to get back in the cage. She hasn't she hadn't won a fight in seven years. She finally got the win uh, over uh, Lupita, aka Loopy Lupi Godinez. I like Loopy. That's a nice name. I, I like that. As a, that's a cute little name. But round, two, round one, excuse me, is the dissenting round here. So the fight was decided in this one. Penne obviously got it. She she won the fight. So it was Derek Cleary and Mike Bell seeing it that way. Rick Winter saw it the way for Godinez. Who'd you see it for?
1: I scored this round for Penne.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: I thought she kept it close enough on the feet. And then once uh, she gets the back fighting for that choke, I thought she took it.
0: I thought... Godnez built up enough of a lead before the back take, which, you know, obviously it's a strong position. It's a position of dominance, um, but she wasn't able to accomplish a lot with it. So I thought that the striking success that I perceived okay. from Godnez was enough to overcome that. That was how yeah. I perceived it. But also I thought it was very close. So
1: It was close. Um, so I, I kind of saw I saw the same way for round two, but in Godnez's favor, I thought she bopped her so good in that penne. Had good offense, just not enough.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah no, so I, I, I was opposite um, on round two of most people. You were. You were you were kind of out on your own with that one, huh? Yep. That's all right. Yeah. Another interesting round to score, but I, I thought in my estimation for round two, we don't have to dwell on that one. I just thought Penny uh, had more control uh, from okay. the back there. I thought she, she was able to have more of the round that way, and I thought she hung on the striking a little better. That was, that was how I perceived that. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. That's probably what the other judges saw. <laughs> You know, because I'm I'm a trained professional. Oh, for sure. Not nah. <laughs> one day man. trained, not professional. I don't think I can train.
1: I've been since they made that announcement for July tenth. I've been on
0: uh, the command
1: website daily, waiting for them to put that course on sale.
0: I hope you do. I mean, that would make for an excellent show for us, wouldn't it? That would be awesome. I'm gonna be camping for that uh, that weekend. Oh, I'm gonna miss that whole event.
1: <laughs> hey, we
0: gotta go on vacations. It's just need. And I won't even have like the internet. <laughs> 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 Apparently I'm going to be out in the middle of nowhere. I I've never gone camping before like this or at least not since I was like a child or something. Best of luck. Uh, thank you. Yeah, we'll, we'll see if I make it. Nah, no, I'll be alright. Uh that's that's it for our contested rounds. We do have one round though really quick for our 10-8 watch, and that was the opening round of the entire fight card back when we had so many hopes and dreams and promises of an excellent night of fights, right? It started out with a fire fight. It did. I mean Gravely looked just superb in, in this first round, man. It, it was awesome. Every time he, it felt like every time he connected with Berchak, Anthony Berchak, who, you know, Gravely won in round two by TKO. Every time he connects on Burchak, it's like fight altering. It's it's like he was almost done. I'm, but I'm, he keeps coming yeah.
1: back. On the ground, I, I kept, I'm like, yeah, Mark, go ahead and stop it. You can, yeah, you can stop it here. That's fine. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a problem. But then, yeah. but Burchak kept coming back, like you said.
0: Yeah, yeah, so, and and so they did get through round one, uh, and Burchak really ate one like right at the end of that round too. He, yeah, um, I something. did not go ten eight here uh, as uh, as Adelaide Bird did. I I when I scored it when I watched it live, I gave it a ten nine, uh, the same way Mike Bell and Dave Hagan did. But honestly, the more I think back on it, and I haven't watched it again, the more I think back on it, I th- I think it's I think this is a ten eight round.
1: I scored a ten eight for great- Yeah,
0: I know. I I think you might have made the right call. I think I think you were right in siding with Adelaide Bird. I, I don't I don't want to change my score just cuz I haven't watched it again, but I keep thinking about it. I'm like, man, I, I messed that up.
1: I just thought he had solid damage. I mean, that, there's no argument there. I thought he dominated and he had good duration uh, and good dim- diminishing blows were there. So I I thought he he nailed it. That's how this I This is felt, one of the so. rare
0: 10-8s, too that we've seen from Adelaide Bird. I don't think she's been on too many fights where a ten eight was really warranted.
1: We'll have to go and in check last, that.
0: Basically, since we've been doing these these um, oh yeah these shows. I mean, I'm not saying all the time she's been judging a long time, but uh, just for just for our period that we've been recording these and stuff, I think this is one of the first times where she's actually been uh, a dissenting judge in a ten eight nine situation, or at least in the minority. Oh, yeah, I would um, say
1: almost for sure.
0: She's never But I I th- honestly, even though Mike Bell's the one who's usually a lot more likely to pull the trigger on a 10-8, and he went nine, I am starting to think maybe maybe it really was a ten eight, just like you think and, and uh uh Ms. Bird thinks.
1: Yeah, I'm 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 very confident in uh Ryan ten eight for this round. I mean, people think Gravely was almost tapping to that guillotine. So
0: maybe they scored that super high for him. Sure. I mean, it's entirely possible, but yeah, I think, I think the diminishing blows that you're seeing is, is why when I think back on it, I'm like, maybe that really was it. I'm going to have to watch that one again, just for my own purposes. I think,
1: Hey, it's a fun round. It's one round from this fight where you can be like, that was something redeeming from this uh, card. Like
0: I said, it started with great promise (laughs) and it ended pretty well too. It's just everything in the middle, yeah, except for one other finish, right? Yeah. Uh, Gerald
1: Mayer Shark got that uh, sub, really solid sub. <laughs> well, it's pretty solid when someone
0: goes to sleep. That's true. That was he locked up that guillotine so fast, like. Oh uh, yeah, he. Like, I mean, that man is a finisher through and through. He's not the best fighter, but he's he's a finisher. Like he he always comes to fight.
1: Yeah, I was super happy about that. But guess what? That wasn't my favorite.
0: What was your favorite? Yeah, it's because we've obviously been, we can include
1: Bellator. Yeah, I thought Corey Anderson was just superb. So. His finish of Jak uh, I thought that was just killer instinct, smash, smash, smash
0: till the ref says stop. It's a good one. No problem with that call whatsoever. I like that one. What about you? Oh, it's the, it's the OG knockout king, Paul Daly. Yeah. <laughs> Semtex. I mean, first off, he gets dropped in the first round, which really just doesn't happen with the guy. I think what he was saying after the fight, he was telling Saba Hamasi, who he, he won by second round TKO over. He was telling him it was only him and and Nick Diaz who'd ever done that to him.
1: Yeah, that round's been going around uh, recently too. But yeah, yeah, the,
0: that's right. It was well, it was another anniversary for that one. But interestingly, though, I I thought that this was a 10-8 round, like through okay. and through, for a while, and then all of a sudden, Daly starts to come back at the end of the first round, and you're like, oh man, he's he's <laughs> all the momentum swinging his he's way. Up. And sure enough, round two comes around. Doesn't last very long, it, and he ends it. And this was his retirement fight. You know that was going around during the week, but like no one really mentioned that on the broadcast. And he keeps talking like he's just going to keep fighting in this division. I okay. think it's his last fight on on his contract or something. I got you. So, and and but all... he sure seems like he. Everything he was saying sounded like he's ready to keep fighting. And, every... and this was at 175 pounds yeah. too, Dan. So this is a super welterweight division fight, and it sounds like that's what he kind of wants to do from now on.
1: Yeah, I'm fine with that. It seems like uh, everyone had such high praise for the guy, so I'm assuming he repaired his uh, his reputation for sucker punching Koscheck. <laughs> it's been
0: eleven years, man. I mean, but I don't. I, 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 but I didn't know. Like, like he should not have done that. Like, I will not make any excuses for the man. He shouldn't have done it. If you couldn't hit him for fifteen minutes, don't hit him after the fifteen minutes are over, dummy. I'm just saying.
1: I'm, man, I'm assuming he repaired. I it, mean, he repaired it. I guess. I yeah, haven't really followed I mean, his a career a long, long
0: time ago. Think about how short people's memories are in MMA. That's we true. have goat debates yeah. about every division every three weeks. <laughs> That's true. It, it, everyone just forgets everything. I bet he, he made, made a, a lot of fans new from object. that. So I bet, so, he made I a bet lot you could probably not find like three people out there that even remember that Paul Daly did that. I mean, obviously, I'm exaggerating, but it's like it's just crazy. I bet how, he, how he made a lot fans of fans off it. Was that? I bet he made a lot of fans off it
1: because Koscheck rubbed people the wrong way. He probably did oh, so, but and, you know, well, that's good to see that. I mean, I didn't, I, I, didn't, I haven't followed his career, so I didn't know if he, if how he was perceived in the public. Oh, so. uh,
0: okay. Now people forget that. Okay. <laughs> he, dude, all he has to do is win by a couple knockouts, and it's like, oh, he's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Love to watch it. People just they move on. It just, okay. they, they do. Um, and the, and realistically, that's like the isolated incident in okay. his career too. It's not like. <laughs> You know, like how Gilbert Ivel had a reputation for doing dirty stuff? I don't remember. Uh, really he kind of did. So or or like Chuck Congo was known for like, you know, low blows and things like that, right? I knew
1: Chuck was was known for low blows, yeah.
0: John Jones with the, you know, the fingers extended this kind of thing. Those are reputations people earned over, you know, several fights doing kind of the similar things. Not really Paul Daley. He really he got mad. He obviously let whatever Koscheck was doing get into his head. And he did the dumbest thing that he could possibly have done because, let's face it, if he hadn't done that, is, is he ever going to leave? Does he does the UFC ever let him go or is he just basically like Jeremy Stevens at 170 pounds?
1: Could you say it's the best thing that happened to him, money-wise? I don't know.
0: depends on what his bank account says.
1: So I'm thinking. I'm thinking he may get paid more than he would have
0: gotten paid in the UFC. I don't know about that. It depends. Yeah. Maybe, maybe at some point he catches fire and he finds himself in a, uh, in a title fight.
1: Maybe. Yeah. Who knows? You know, it's hard to say. Could have, would have, might have. We didn't get it. We won't know.
0: You know, he's got to win at 170 pounds over, uh, Jorge Masvidal too. Good old journeyman Masvidal. Very long time ago. Masvidal (laughs) is a different fighter today. So is Paul Daly. But, but before we go, too, I I I'm definitely want to get on the soapbox for the 175-pound weight class, super welterweight. You know who I think really ought to embrace this weight class? Because UFC is not going to do it. They'll be the last people to do it, right? Dana just hates these things for whatever yeah. reason. But it was up to me. As you know, I would kill 170 and split it to 65 and 75. Yeah, I'm with you. That's how I would do it. But what you need is some organization to do it. I don't even know that Bellator is going to do it yet because they're, they're usually not really like up on change. I want PFL to do it. PFL could do it. PFL has a really excellent structure for it because it's entirely based on these singular seasons. It's not like you defend a championship belt each year. It's just you come in as the defending champion from last year. Yeah, It's kind of like winning the Super Bowl. It's like, you know? Yeah, it's like mainstream sports seasons. That's what they're trying to do. Um, and so I feel like given that, they only need 10 people on the roster at this weight class. You can find 10 people who will say, I'll fight at 175 pounds if it means I get a million dollars at the end. Oh, yeah. Come oh, on. Definitely. <laughs> it's not that hard. They, they ought to do that. And and then they would have the hook of being able to say, hey, we have the greatest 175-pound fighter on the planet. We have the greatest 165-pound fighter on the planet. No one can yeah. debate that because no one there's, else has it. Yeah, there's no debate there. It's so easy. When I mean, you're telling me that, that someone like I'm, – I'm trying to think who'd be at 170. Let's say – Rory Mac, uh, Rory McDonald, right? He's gonna be fighting in their welterweight season, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Hey, Rory, you don't have to cut five pounds. You can go up to 175. Huh? That's wonderful.
1: Yeah, I'll do that tomorrow.
0: It's easy. It's so easy. I I would like to see PFL is the one that I'm I'm hoping would do it.
1: Maybe they will do it. I'm gonna
0: have to write about that at some. Maybe I'll write about that this year.
1: Yeah, take care. So that. Do a
0: column. I haven't done any columns for the post yet. We'll see. I'm I'm, I'm gonna fight for the for the uh, the divisions, right? Fight for it. <laughs> And that does it for this episode of the Couchside
1: Judges. The fights were stinkers, but we hope we
0: entertained you. Yeah, hopefully you enjoyed listening to us and all of our segues and, and sidebars better than the fights themselves. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll be back uh, at the end of the week with a bunch of title fights to preview for UFC. Big weekend for them. Big weekend. Live crowds.
1: Thanks for listening. And PFL's coming back. And PFL's back. Take care, everybody.